Filthy Armenian Adventures presents Los Angeles, A Reverie Under the Stars, our first live event on September 23. A night of magic, mirth, fire, and brimstone with some of the greatest people in the world, including Jack Mason from The Perfume Nationalist, author Adam Lair from Safety Propaganda, the one and only girl from Baku, Mommy Milkers, Borhazian illusionist Garin Hovanissian, DJ Boy Toy, and surprise friends to be named later. For tickets to the show and party, email filthyarmeniantics at gmail.com. That's filthyarmeniantix at gmail.com. Today's episode from Oslo, Norway, is brought to you entirely by the rug merchants, cigar singers, and oligarchs of the night who subscribe to us on Patreon. If this show touches you or means anything to you, strongly consider showing your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash filthy Armenian. You'll get access to more than twice as many adventures as you find on this free feed, including the most intimate and scandalous ones. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. To live is to war with trolls. You are listening to Filthy Armenian Adventures. Scandinavian mind is not easy to penetrate. The Scandinavian mind is, as they say, a hard safe to crack. But it's worth trying to penetrate the Scandinavian mind. We know something's going on there. Because a fellow named Ibsen and another fellow named Strindberg and I'm sure some other people I can't even think of right now. But those two were monumental. After all, they, um, they together, uh, I mean, even individually, they 
revolutionized the theater. Pretty much all around the Western world. And I know theater sounds gay or whatever to, to our ears. And uh, it seems like it's not really a thing anymore. The artifice of it has failed to charm us, I think, or anymore. Except in very rare occasions. But mostly we're just out of the habit. So it's easy to think that, like, you know, it's easy to, like, just cut off, cut off that historical lineage called the theater and plays and everything. But that's that would be a mistake because you have to, like, you have to take things as they were at the time in terms of how, like, immediately shocking and impactful they were. Yet, there hadn't really been anything that good that anywhere close to what Shakespeare did like there was just basically not like there's very little that even took a sniff for hundreds of years and then out of nowhere it fucking comes from Scandinavia from Norway and from Sweden a little bit later but also mostly at the same time and in rivalry with each other and everything else and like they're these huge said these huge shockwaves uh, Ibsen and Strindberg. And while I'm not too familiar with Strindberg, and he obviously is in Sweden, I'm not too familiar with him, but I, I need to get familiar with him because it seems like he preceded an awful lot of 20th century psychology science. And I do remember reading The Father, I believe it's called, it was assigned in my, um, I had some Scandinavian class, Scandinavian lit class, it was assigned. And I remember reading that, and that, that was, like, that hits hard, the father. It's about a guy who feels like, who starts to, who, who starts to believe he's being, um, there's a conspiracy against him from his trio of, like, daughters and and wife and mother and whatever whoever the I forget the exact trio but he is completely dissolving into this persecution complex quote unquote if you think it's a complex uh, it's far from certain whether it's <laughs> completely made up what's happening to him but it's uh, you know chillingly rendered remember that very well Apparently he wrote a lot, he apparently has like a very rich and varied career with uh, all kinds of different uh, stylistic experiments with his plays and he was kind of, he's kind of credited as loosening the, psycho, the psychological architecture of plays and allowing for much more like capricious and uh, twisty characterization and not, you know, the kind of, not, not the simplicity that most plays have where everyone's just like one thing, bang, bang. Anyway, so... That's Strindberg, but in Norway, and I don't know enough to, you know, I'm not, like, we're all racist, right? As tourists, you have to be racist a little bit because that's just, you know, you're, you're coming in, you're taking a very few broad sips of a place, very broad, 
few sips and then you're 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 going away like you know something you know the 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 conceit of conceits um you're buying this piece of knowledge that you know something because you experienced it very briefly and as a tourist um so you have to be kind of like racist i guess to just to make sense of what you see and i don't think that's a bad thing necessarily um but every culture has a culture that aims to or most cultures have a culture that aim to like communicate to the outside world and then and then there's also uh communicating to itself there's like always these two two layers right i mean there's a lot of stuff made in america that we we think of very highly that is clearly just would not be understood by anyone but an american even in america even in so global a place there are like things you could do that are just would not translate anywhere else and like if they saw it they just wouldn't relate to it as a human thing in the same way that we you know we have about other like foreign language things that we don't understand really um but clearly there is a intensity of grappling and a certain clarity there's certain there's a certain lucidity to, to complicate to madness they they bring like a lucidity to madness there there's a a you know you perceive things in a way that's there's sort of a clarity to the extreme tangle of the human condition you get like a clear view of it from coming down from Scandinavia through these through these two men anyway um there's something great like art deco about Ibsen to me um makes a lot of sense for example that Ayn Rand uh Ayn Rand adored him as her favorite playwright makes no um it makes it's not at all surprise and you know he comes through with this many ways it's kind of a full frontal battery of of innovations to his plays that that are kind of like accepted as commonplace now you wouldn't even notice it but if you if you kind of like if you're ever reminded or read about what plays were like uh before him it's pretty grim <laughs> they're pretty fucking boring with with very few exceptions um and you know it had gone it had become all long drawn out fucking it became it had become like theater had even become apparently they was having like this blockbuster hollywood phase at this at a certain point in the mid mid 19th century it was having this phase where uh they would just pour in a shit ton of money to have the most realistic sets and like tons of extras more than the scripts ever called for there's like a shakespeare play that was staged and there was like 40 more of something that then even then he had called for it was like this race arms race just like the movie industry now one might think um it actually had that it actually had that that yeah theater went through that and it was due to largely to it to obviously to the detriment of anything that wasn't very very safe material um and somehow 
piercing through all that, there was this ex- this extremely just like it's like dancing of the bullets with Ibsen, where on the one hand, his plays were kind of uh, topically topically whatever, hyperactive. Um, it's easy to call him a political playwright, but he wasn't agitating for messages. He was exploring, he was exploring uh, th- these things. He was exploring conflicts, and he was not looking for easy answers. Um, it's the thing that really, that's the thing that, uh, that I think won him the respect that he was yeah, he was able to command. I think that there was just this unmistakable sense from everyone that the man was investigating and like seeking into the truth and not just fat and happy on whatever he thinks the truth is. It's easy not to know this if you've only learned Ibsen from uh, the fucking doll's house that they assigned to you in school. The soul play they assigned. Sometimes they also assign ghosts. And the doll's house is his most, like, overtly political play. Feminist. Uh, you know, women's lib type of situation. That's why they teach it in all the schools. And it's the most obvious thing. And even it was considered... It was considered passe, like, as early as a hundred years ago. Like, like as early, like, it wasn't, he didn't die being celebrated for a doll's house. Like, it was an old hat by the time he even died or shortly after he died. And, like, it was, you know, when you read people from the 1930s talking about the doll's house, they're like, yeah, this was, this is a, like, yeah, I made a splash at the time, but. We're way into women's lib already, and this is completely irrelevant. That's the tone from, like, the 20s and 30s. So, some, you know, of course it made its way into the cliché station um, due to our very simplistic, politicized, uh, educational mandates. And so now everyone has this... This, uh, this like, lo- uh, d- very deceptive and lopsided view of Ibsen, where they probably just assume that he's, you know, a, uh, a stuffy old feminist from the 19th century, and who cares? Um, not the case. Not the case. That's apparently his, one of his lesser plays. I mean, I've seen it. I've, I've, it was, it was the only thing I'd ever been assigned until I took an Ibsen class in college to go, you know, go through most of his plays. Because um, I'd already been informed that, you know, not to be fooled about him. Um, and, like, it's still, it's still not, just not a very interesting play. And, not, and a lot of his plays aren't interesting plays. A lot of his plays are like, uh, they kind of, you know, you see the, you see the, um, you see the answers, I guess. You see the answers and they're not... The questions aren't as embedded in, in the action or in, or in, like, a memorable character. It's more like, 
you kind of just it's all it's not it's just not quite uh, uh, like congealed but um But he wrote some plays. He has some actually kooky plays, which are very, which say a lot for him. Uh, his very first one, uh, Pierre Gint, or is that was the second one. There was another first one that's similar, like very like a verse style, very kind of symbolic and out there. Um, easy, of course, to be turned into a theater kid joke type of thing because it can be very artsy. For you know, it can easily be artsy fartsy. Uh, and appeal to that instinct. But I remember reading it and thinking, yeah, this is like, this is some serious myth- mythologizing he's doing there. And then, and then there's his two masterpiece plays that are everyone agrees are masterpieces with no disagreement whatsoever. That's why I'm calling them the two. I know others have other, will have others, but the two that are like universally considered masterpieces are Mahedda Gobbler and wild duck those are the two trust me on that but other people also love the master builder um and other people uh well i don't even know what other people would say but someone would include master builder up there some like the melodrama the ghosts and stuff too i i just don't think it's in the same league um but he's also had some really interesting play like it's really I remember it being interesting called Lady from the Sea. I remember it being very kind of like almost like this like beach, just like strange Baywatch vision, like Ibsen going Baywatch. It was really, it was really cool. I remember, uh, but you know, it's never found success, I guess, really, but. Lady from the Sea, and then the the one I really liked from a purely as a reader, like and as a you know ponderer of uh, like cosmic symbols and and you know overall like kind of abstract life questions, is his very last play, When We Dead Awaken. I can't even imagine it being staged. It's really. Uh, it's, a, it's like a it's an interesting spiritual struggle going on over there like that's the thing too he and Strindberg they both invested their work with a spiritual struggle and it's impossible to miss and it can be mocked very easily Gibson was mocked plenty I think Max Beerbohm would have mocked him at some point with some level of uh accuracy or whatever i mean he's you know he's not a he he's he has a bit of a humorless reputation you know he comes off as rather a loud thud you know he doesn't really land softly at all on anything so but it's loud but it's not it's 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 mytholo- it's like it's mythologically fundamental it's not a cheap and passing thing. He was going after some big themes. Um, the themes of reality versus illusion. The themes of... Uh, see, I mean, other th- you know, themes of his own 
like conflicts with his own differing moralities, you know, like his diff- his differing moral instincts. Like he was a very he was very determined, and yet very tortured by certain eternal uh, conflicts. And those are the ones that make it into his his plays. And invariably in these plays, there's like, and you know, the texture of his career kind of follows um, also a spiritual journey. Like he starts out doing like, he does start doing political plays about hypocrisy, societies, hypocrisy in society basically, and the conflict between society's ideals and its behaviors you know, and all this, like, he, had a, he has a play called Pillars of Society, he has a play called Enemy of the People, which is the basis of some, you know, the, basically, like, the crucible and shit like that, Enemy of the People, but it's, it's done with real skill, like, I remember being impressed by it, despite the simplicity of its, its political struggle, but anyway, he had that political phase, and then he had a, he had a more, um, one might say, ideological phase and then his third phase was really into the realm of like the artist and his spiritual role and everything and that's the phase also I I believe in which the master builder belongs Uh, there's like that's when he starts to get really self-reflective and he's especially self-reflective in his last play when we dead awaken Uh, I can't even remember I can't even remember it's so high in the sky it's like it's such a cloudy cloudy vision but very poetically compelling um should read it again sometime but i did read i did reread the wild duck the wild duck is his like wild duck is like the one that speaks for the, the one is it's the one that contains kind of the best it's like he was working up to the wild duck with all of his kind of politically relevant plays um it, all, it was all working up to the wild duck where it, he, he, got, he got it right in that zone of there are apparent injustices and, you know, for, uh, stuck lives and people kind of spinning their wheels and trapped in these little illusory, these little illusory lives with of roles of husband, wife, who's dedicated and this and that and the other thing. And, like, in comes a new person, like a nephew or someone who was back from wherever, who was going to blah, 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 blah. Someone came back after a long absence. That's what it is in Wild Duck. Um, in, in other plays, it may just be, like, a total stranger barging in or, like, a new, you know, new... In Master Builder, it's a new, uh, whatever, some new assistant or whatever. There's always some new newbie coming in and blowing, like, just blowing the whistle on this rigid order that he's encountering and opening all the windows in the house that have been shut tight and that stuffy stuffy drawing room letting all the air in and as Somerset mom once put it 
everyone catches his death of cold. So that kind of that's kind of the, the, the vibe. He, he this this inter this intervener this interloper who comes in convinces everyone in the everyone around to do to like you know pursue their dreams in a sense like to he tries to fix everything he tries to liberate people and and it ends up in absolute disaster and the one side character who seems to know every the answer to everything is like the guy the least important person practically to the play but he's the one who knows and who delivers the all-important line which is something to the effect of we all need our vital lies and Werther, what the fuck is his name? The, you know, the, the, the newbie in Wild Duck is his, what he ends up doing is he strips people of their vital lies and then they drown. And, but that doesn't mean that he's not also justified in what he's doing. So it's not like a completely, it's not, it's not like a completely uh, fixed sensation you might get from the play is just shows you it's the it's the <laughs> like it's truly a I don't know if it's a separate this I don't know at what time it exactly crosses over with Nietzsche but it's like a, a dramatization really of the of the of the reformer the tragedy of the reformer um Wild Duck. And a lot of his plays followed that pattern too. But there are all kinds of options. Anyway, I'm only bringing it up because he's, I was in Oslo and Norway and he's Norwegian and I don't have, you know, it's, it's, it's not I don't have any sense really of the Scandinavian mind but I have to make do with what little evidence I can find which is my few days there and reading Ibsen um, and having a respect, a real respect for, the, for whatever culture it is that produced, you know, such a man. Like, that you, that's, where you, that's where you'd be like, you know, I, 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 I want to preserve this because there's a there's a certain very potent brew going on here. And, you know, uh, perhaps one can draw like parallel, little, little parallels and say, you know, extrapolate, you know, I know Dipson's a genius and his own thing or whatever, but the whole point is that he, he mythologized foreign nation and therefore he's in everyone. He's in every Norwegian and Scandinavian. I mean, assuming they still care about, assuming they still educate them, each educate their young properly. I would, I would just guess that like he's still, he would, you know, he's like a big deal for them. So he's part of them. He's part of, he's just part of the way they think and they look, they see the world. And 
it's interesting because I ran into someone who turned out to be like that eternal character in Gibson plays except literally in the literal sense not in the figurative sense like the, 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 the one who the one who's just breaking into others homes the one who's breaking in breaking things up spreading you know doing whatever you have to do the, before we get there but just like literally he's you know breaking in to things that's his passion is to crack the code and break in break in Hacking. So, uh, also he's a he's a he's literally a cyborg. working in um, Las Vegas mm -hmm. um, while I'm trying to breach their fiscal security mm -hmm. they are trying to breach the technical side of it so yeah. they are so if we take an example of let's say a bank I'm trying to break in physically yeah. and then my team back home or in LA uh, LV. LV. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Uh, is then trying to 
break in through technical means. Like hacking the... Like whatever. hacking, and they are then communicating with me, so yeah. I get a bunch of equipment yeah. that I'm supposed to deploy within their organization while I'm breaking while you're in breaking physically. building alone. Yeah. So, like, I'll get things that I plug into the network port. Yeah. And then that will boot up and just be like, oh, now I have access to everything within their infrastructure. Yeah. So, my question would be, how did you get into the business of breaking into buildings? So, essentially, I had a... Um, so, if you go on YouTube... Um, my name is... So if you, for instance, search... Hmm. Have you ever heard of DEF CON? I, I, seem, I must have heard of it. Yeah, so DEF CON is like a hacker conference in LV. LV. Um, so DF, DF, C-O-N. Um, so if you see here... And there you see me entering the stage. That's you, yeah, I see you. Yeah. So, with... Uh, I kind of presented this at DEF CON uh, last year. Um, which is an exploit where I can go up to any access control system protected by this system. Mm -hmm. Which is called Smart Air. With a stupid tool that looks like a toy. Like, I can go up with this. If I click, like, um, uh, NFC here. Mm -hmm. uh, there. Mm -hmm. And then I go to... Oh, that's universal remote. So if I go here and then detect reader. Yeah. If I click that and I go up to... I know there's one door by the side here. I'm not going to do it because it's right technically illegal for right. me to do it. Technically... Technically... Many ways. Many, yeah. many different ways it's illegal. So... But you're saying if this building right here, this... Uh, just around the corner and to the left, there's a apartment building. Uh-huh which is protected by this system, mm -hmm. which is also used at a lot of hotels. Oh, interesting. Um, and you have access to the system, you can I can it. basically go up to the door mm -hmm. and I can tell them, hey, um, or I don't even need to tell them. I can go up to the reader and then through communication with the reader, mm -hmm. I basically tell the reader, hey, I'm a card. Yeah. And then the reader goes, Hey, I would like to authenticate to you, which is the card, yeah. which I'm pretending to be. Yeah. And then the reader and then the reader goes, I would like to give this cryptographic challenge. And then the reader goes. Or, and then I go, okay, that cryptographic challenge is really interesting. Let me solve that for you. And then from that cryptographic challenge, 
I get everything I need to be able to open that door afterwards. So you hack the system? I basically hacked the how about, system. How, how did you start doing this? Like, where did you get the... Uh... Experience? Yeah, the experience. So the I was interest. just... So I'm in a Discord call. So I have uh, implants. Uh -huh. So if you see oh, in my hand here, you can yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. see. I see it. So if you had taken your phone, I'm not going to make you do it because like it uh, just because of your privacy and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like sure. if I put my phone, which is mm -hmm. currently unlocked, it's an Android mm -hmm. against my implant. Um, let me just, uh, let's take this one, because that one's bigger. Does that thing itch? Does those implants ever So, itch? I have three implants. They do, I don't notice them. Okay. So, here you see, it kind of tells me where do you want to open this. I'm going to choose Chrome. And then it brings me to like a link tree, similar mm. page. So like from here, you can choose if you want to go to my Snapchat, my Twitter. Yeah, yeah, your link. Um, it, link it's tree. basically a link tree. Yeah, but how did it happen? What I'm saying is, how did this happen? Like, how did you get fucking implants? So, What's, a, where did this all begin? So, a friend of mine. Yes. Who was 13 at the time. Uh huh. Was looking into being a doctor. At the age of 13? At the age of 13, okay. he had already decided that I want to be a doctor. Okay. And I kind of went, well, I've been looking at these implants for like five years at this point. You've been looking at implants since you were eight? Yeah. Okay. Like, okay, seriously, you, like, why? What was it? What, oh. So, <laughs> I've... Because uh, we're just like getting deeper into us. It's getting more and more interesting, but I... Yeah, like, uh, I, I get you. Like, yeah. I've... Uh, so, I've been looking at the implants since I was eight. Eight years old. Yeah. Implants. So, at that point, I basically told this friend of mine, who was called Erlen at the time. He is called Erlen. Like, hey, uh, you're looking to be a doctor. Do you want to, like, stab a needle into my hand and, like, put an implant into me? And he just went, oh, that sounds like great training. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, 15 at the time. Okay. Like, 13 or 15. I can't even remember his age. But, like, he was way under 18. Like, yeah. I should never have told him, like, can you just stab a needle in me? And he did. And he did. And you were cool with that. I was completely you're crazy cool about with that. You're it's a crazy thing to do, right? To get to get surgery implanted. So implanted surgery from a thirteen-year-old doctor. Are you it's wild? Are you like afraid of blood or anything? Uh, I'm not afraid of blood. No, but I wouldn't want so, to see a bunch of my blood. No, but yeah. like, would you be okay with seeing the video of? Yo, this you, chip being implanted oh, in sure me. you got yeah uh, you took a video of so another friend of me took a video of me when i got my second implant oh okay i see which was from the same guy when he had turned 
I think he was 17 at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't exactly remember. Like, but you wanted these implants because you wanted to break into shit. No, I basically wanted the implants because um, I didn't want to carry cards. Okay. I was tired. You were tired at the age of eight from carrying credit cards? Yes, exactly. Because like <laughs> Who in- carry? Who are you carrying? So in Norway- Yeah, oh they have- You basically, when I was about 15, or about 10, I would say, uh, places started being like card only. Mm -hmm. So, if you've tried to buy anything in here, for instance, yeah. with cash, they would just laugh at you. Yeah, especially since you were eight years old and you were- Yeah, yeah. but like, but yeah, if, yeah, yeah. You, if you were going to a kiosk or anything, they would be like, what the hell are you doing here with yeah. those cash? So do all kids have cards in this country? So everyone uh, about age 15, I would say, okay. has a debit card. Yeah, okay. Um, these days, it's mostly uh, contactless. Yeah. So you don't have a lot of like... So just, you wanted to get implants at age eight because you saw a bunch of people carrying cards around and you're like, yeah. this feels... Because I felt like, oh, I'm not gonna deal with all of these fucking cards. cards. Yeah, I mean, when you, why deal with a card when you can get uh, the someone card to drill a hole inside. in your hand and then, yeah. and then shove something in your, so, in your hand and then sew it up so that it's in your hand forever? Yeah, so it's not even sewing Whoa, okay. at this point. It's literally a needle. It's like an injection. Yeah, but it looks big. It's not, it doesn't look like a... I mean, I can it's, see it. It's uh, the, the implant. I it's think. five by 12 millimeters. Yeah. It's so like, nothing. if you have I a see real it. good look, yeah. you can see kind of the edges of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, I can see it very easily. It's, uh, it's not small. Yeah. So that's kind of how. So you it. got your implants, and then you realize, and then what? You realize they can be used. For so, kind of. I kind of went with my implants because I was volunteering at the youth club at the time, mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm tired of carrying a card to this youth club. So as you can see here, that's my right hand where I also have an implant. Yeah. Uh, you can see here how I'm just. Showing my hand, yeah. Like I'm not having anything in my hand, and yeah. I'm presenting the hand. Yeah, to yeah. The reader. You're just you're just wagging your hand. But the, yeah. Now, you program your implants from that little thing you showed me, or something, or. So I programmed. So I had access to this building. Like I had unprecedented access to this building. Like I had to use names and password to the access control system. Yeah. So I could literally go and just enroll my own implant. Like, the, uh, this comes pre-programmed with an ID. Mm -hmm. And that ID, I just read off a reader, mm -hmm. then looked at the log, and the log said, access denied. Mm -hmm. And then it also says the ID of the card. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so... Like, mm -hmm. as you can see here, like, if we go back, like, 10, 15 seconds, 
Yeah. You can see like he's just taking the applicator, mm -hmm. inserting the needle. He's then pushing out the chip, which is already inside this needle. Because it comes pre pre-inserted. Yeah. At this point he's like a little bit unsure if yeah. he managed to get the chip all the way inside. Yeah. So he's like using the needle which is sterile to like touch my mm -hmm. wound just to make sure. And then after that he is like, okay, this is good. Just puts on a band-aid, a normal band-aid. Uh-huh. And it just heals more. on its own. And then within like you can kind of see it, like mm -hmm. if we go here, you can kind of see where it entered. Yeah, yeah, I see it, I see yeah. it. I mean, I get the idea. It's pretty well healed. It's pretty well covered So, up it's not like a big deal. No. The one that's probably like the worst one I have yeah. is because I got a implant this, that's this big. I see, yeah. Which is inserted into here. Yeah. That's um, so, so you're a full-on cyborg at this point. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, so but did you ever use it to steal things, or did you only use it for good? So like, uh, like I, Batman or something? I work for a... Um, right now, I work for a company which is called Unlock. Mm -hmm. We do app-based access control. So, like, we're trying to get rid of all physical cards. And, like, the, um, so we're trying to move everything to mobile access. So that you can easily just hack. So it. that you can... <laughs> no, not even easily hack. But, like, we're trying to move, like, the postal service and stuff. Because if you've... Um, if you've seen like any like apartment building in Oslo, mm -hmm. you will see they have two sets of keys. So if we just move over the road here, mm -hmm. do you want to join me over the sure, road? Sure, let's cross the yeah. road like a couple of chickens. So like you can see here, you have the normal key which yeah. the tenants use. Or Likely, the tenants are using like a key fob here, mm -hmm. but this key, mm -hmm. like this key switch, is for the postal service. Okay. So yeah, that's right. the postal service in Norway has like one key mm -hmm. that goes to all buildings within like a postal zone. Yeah. Like if I try to. Uh, Okay, so that one's not working for me. That, it didn't connect to your... Um, it doesn't connect to my implant. I think it might be a... Yeah, it, it's a reader that's using a low-frequency credential, mm -hmm. which is not currently enrolled to my right hand. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, I would... If anyone from this building kind of met me, mm -hmm. and I would have like about 10 seconds with mm -hmm. their keys, mm -hmm. with this device, mm -hmm. 
like I could go into uh, so I'm way too drunk to do this like if I find RFID if you see RFID please stop me there so if I go like that and they have like a key fob on their uh, keychain yeah. I could not go like oh that's some true keys yeah and then just touch this towards those mm -hmm. um there and then with that you kind of see the idea yeah. of that key fob that's crazy um no one's safe no, no one's safe. safe like no one's literally safe. no one is we safe. are all unsafe so you're saying so, you never use this for bad or have I you? never use this for bad. Only for like, good. I'm, as I said in the uh, talk that I had, was kind of Which like, I wasn't present at, my apologies. No, I missed which your is talk. fine. Yeah. <laughs> which is I mean, because I didn't know who you are until just 10 minutes ago. <laughs> that, that, that's definitely <laughs> fine. You know. um, but yeah, uh, because of that talk, I've been called by a company called In Vegas. Uh, which currently has offices in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the main founders of that company is someone called. That's a Norwegian? Or? No, that's. Uh, they're both US. US, okay. Yeah. So both of those people. Have kind of told me, hey, I want to come to come here for a three-month assignment, mm -hmm. where we're breaking into the DOJ, like Department of Justice, mm -hmm. like, uh, and they were like, so we're breaking in in L uh, LA, LV. Uh, New York and a couple of other places and they were like it's a three month assignment mm -hmm. and you'll get a lot of fucking experience from this and I kind of went oh that sounds really fucking cool it does it yeah like I I get to break into places I mean and it's, it's I get American to tell them like, hey, fuck you, I'm allowed to break into this place. Yeah. Because totally. like, if I get caught, I have a letter, like, in my back pocket. And Don't lose that letter. Exactly. <laughs> but like, they're not gonna, oh, so they're not gonna know. No, so no one in the offices will know. Oh, but somebody higher but up. But like, there at somewhere in the DOJ, there will be someone with the title CISO, mm -hmm. which is Chief Information Security Officer, mm -hmm. who has the, who reports directly to the CEO who has the ability to like be like uh, to tell uh, contractors like yourself, like Red Team Alliance, that hey, we're doing a penetration test. Penetration test. That's what it's called. That's 
like we're trying to break into your buildings yeah so i'll have the letter in my back pocket which literally has his signature at the bottom yeah saying is currently on an assignment mm-hmm. to break into different offices of the DOJ and um, then like they will be like so if I get stopped by like say police or security or anything like I'll first try to be like oh but I'm supposed to be here don't you see like my access card so I have access to a card printer. Yeah, let's hope the guy on the thing doesn't retire. You know. Exactly. <laughs> but like we are going on starting and finishing. Yeah. So like I will have access to a card printer. Okay. So I'll print out like a fake badge. Mm-hmm. It won't work on the door, but like if you look at the badge, you would go, "Oh, you're supposed to be here." Yeah. So you're. So I'll you have a full disguise to help you break in. So I'll try to use that. Like if you come up to me and be like, "Hey, who are you?" I will present you with that badge. Yeah. Given that you're not security, and I haven't interacted with you before. Yeah. If I've interacted with you before and you kind of come up to me like hostile, I'll be like. Okay, you got me. Good job. Mm-hmm. But and then da, 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 I'll present da, da. my letter. Your letter, and you better hope that they and know how to I'm, read like, the letter. They'll call. Like yeah. they'll use their internal system to call their yeah. Um, CISO, which will then confirm that is on work for us. Yeah, and will you be allowed, if that happens, will you be allowed to continue your work, or will they, uh, will it be likely, game over? Likely, that will be, the, like, the end of the assignment. End of the assignment. And like, game over. Yeah, that happens. exactly. So like, you need to, you need to not only break in. I need to be converted. Yeah, you need break to, in. you need to, like, legit break in. Yeah, yeah like. You can't just, And that's like, why, so, when I'm going out to the city, mm-hmm. like I am today. Yeah. I'm practicing my skills. So, like, I'll go out and I'll try to trick people into buying me drinks. Mm. So, like, today I bought one gin tonic. Interesting. Yes. So, I'll trick people. I'll go up to them and be like, hey, I'm a fucking twig. Right. I've never tasted vodka Red Bull before. What's vodka Red Bull? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's how I'll... You'll get it. I'll yeah. present myself to people like that. Oh, so, the, so this is your practice for pretending so, not oh, to be a bank, a, a building. Exactly. I see. So, me going out is kind of just being like... You're doing work. You're, yeah, you're, exactly. You're being like, someone. I'm training. You're training because you're by being someone you're not. You're pretending exactly. to be exactly like Twink who's never had vodka rebel. Yes. And you're so I see it. You know that you're a I'm, diligent worker. So I've had like five vodka rebels. Yeah. Now you know. I've had three gin tonics. 
and you've paid only for one of them. Which one? Was it the vodka uh, bottle or I the gin and tonic? I paid for two gin tonics. Oh, you paid for two gin. Okay, so, so that's fair. the two gin tonics I paid for, the first one I paid for, mm-hmm. I was at the toilet. Okay. And then I put my drink down. Like, you know the first floor toilet you've ever... I have not been... I did not no. venture into the toilet. So... The first floor toilet, anyway, it doesn't matter. Like, I put my drink down on the faucet mm-hmm. and washed my hands. And then once I washed my hands, I was about to grab my drink. And then I just put my drink over the faucet and it just went to the floor. And I went, oh, fuck. This was about three minutes before the bar closed. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went, oh, fuck that. I'm going to get more wasted than I am. Mm -hmm. Which, in hindsight, is a bad idea. Yeah, in hindsight, foresight, but whatever. Like, whatever. The the point is... Like, uh, so I kind of went up to the bartender, and the bartender was like, you're too drunk to get, like, another drink. Yeah. And I kind of went... Well, I totally agree with you. And that's why I want to get this gin and tonic and half a liter of water. And he kind of went, oh, you sound sensible. Here's half a liter of water yeah. and here's your gin and tonic. Ah, uh, you and worked. That kind it of worked. Went, you tricked so, the bartender. You even tricked the bartender. Yes, you weren't, so, you're not using your device while you're in there, though. To like no, I'm not using my device. Like, I was like, wondering. Because me using the device, like, um, this device has a couple of weird features. Um, so, like, if I go uh, NFC and read, mm-hmm. and I find, like, a credit card. Yeah, very good. So, like, this is a Visa. Or it's not even a credit card, it's a debit card. Mm -hmm. Like, if I present that to this reader, I think the... How do you get a fucking reader like this, though? Shouldn't it be illegal? No, it's like 300 bucks on... So So 300 bucks for people to just have a reader that can pick up everyone's credit card information around them. So, it picks up half of what you need. Mm -hmm. Like... So, I'm currently way too drunk to make this work. Yeah, don't worry, you don't have to, I don't need to. Like, (laughs) I get the idea. No, but like, it will tell me. So, I think I have one saved. But like, if I go in here, and I go saved, and I go... Oh, it doesn't. So, read. It should like... I'll use my phone, because that's technically a credit card when it's read by a reader like this. Oh, (laughs) fuck that. 
So, anyway. Does it pick up grinder? Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> like that would Does be it get people's awesome. dick pics even if they don't send them to you? No, it doesn't. <laughs> like, I have other tools for that. The other tools for. Yeah. What are those tools? So. I'm not gonna say much, but like, if you have a library or a gallery on Grindr that you've not sent directly to me, mm -hmm. I'll still be able to see the contents of your library. Using some sort of hacking device. Using my yeah. laptop and quite a bit of resources. Like, I'll need to use like an hour. Does that that's not really worth it though, is it to see somebody's pics or No, like if you don't wanna share your pics with me. Yeah. You're gonna spend an hour and, trying to crack my Yeah, exactly. Oh, you are? Like it's not worth it from my perspective. No, I don't think so either, that's what I'm saying. It's a Exactly. So like if you wanna share your pics with me, you've already sent your pics to me I by know. me going yeah. Oh, hey, I've got like a 20 centimeter dick. Yeah, Do you yeah. want to share your pics with yeah, me yeah. and I'll share my dick pic with you? Yeah, it's a whole exchange. And then they right. will go, oh, really? 20 centimeters? That yeah. sounds like a lot. Yeah. And then I'll go like, yeah, I'm being serious. Like, yes. I'm Won't really fucking hung. Yes. And at that point they will go, oh, I'll send a picture of my ass. That's right. Then you'll go the ass and the dick and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no point of me trying to hack. No, I know, I know, pictures. I know. That, that's what I was saying. But you, but you implied that you've done it a few times, and it's yeah, I was. I've uh, done it, but mostly is. And then it's research. been like a challenge. For yeah, me. it's like, like it's like getting the. Can I get this? Can I get just like can you get the Red Bull and vodka? Exactly for free. So it's like I'm trying to do it. Right. Uh, with my laptop in front of me. Yeah. You never know. Something like. And again, uh, like the time I did it was actually because I was at a uh, engagement in the U.S. Mm -hmm. towards a relatively big company. Mm -hmm. Like I can't say who it was, but mm -hmm. like I can say like uh, you've heard about Equinor. Sure, I have like not, they, but yes. They are a fairly big oil company okay. who is based in Norway, but they have like American Interest, uh, yeah. interests and departments and stuff. Yeah, okay. business stuff. Yeah. How are you, how are you guys doing? We're, We're really good. Really good? Yeah. You guys need some coke? No. No, thank I'm you. I guess I'm good shit, I promise. I'm good. I'm good, I'm about to go to bed. Yeah, you can't take my number though. I'm, I'm not. I'm not here for very long. But uh, thanks he's, for the offer. He's coming from abroad, and yeah. uh, seriously, I already have connections, yes. so I'm All right. good. Yes. Have a good have night, a guys. really nice evening. Yes, Thank have you a good evening. You guys too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, so. Um, so yeah, you were at an engagement. I was at an engagement and yes. I opened Grinder yes. in the reception. Yes. And like one of the security guards 
was on there. Was on there. That's and, exciting. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. This is very interesting. Because yeah, he's also like, a security guard, and that's like your... He's a that's your real security guard. Yeah, like, that's like your I'm, nemesis. Your, yeah, like, I'm trying to reach into this... You're gonna reach... One building. Yeah. And, like, I'm on Grinder and I see this security guard, like, yeah. being on Grinder. Was he hot? Yeah. Go like, on, seriously, he was really hot, so oh, it right. was hard for me to, like, stay focused. Right, right, right. But, That's like, fair. it's I, like a movie at this point. It sounds like a fucking movie, but, yeah. like, I kind of went into um, the. Okay, I'm trying to break into this building. Mm -hmm. Can I somehow manipulate this security guard to get me a credential Ooh. that will let me into other floors of this building? Right. Because, like, I have. I was employed as a um, marketing guy. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, so I was kind of like, first floor, not having any access to like the six other floors mm -hmm. in the building. But was... And like, I was trying to like escalate my way. Right through like getting access to the other floors and I was kind of like telling the security guard like hey I find you really attractive and stuff yes. and I tried to play on like the uh, him being gay and me being gay and like telling yeah. him like all of these compliments and right, he was right. like hey you look really cute next thing you know he's buying you a vodka red bull that was my intention. Like, yes. if I could get him to buy me a vodka Red Bull, yes. I would kind of have a step inside of, like, his mind. Yeah, for sure. Many, many steps. Um, so, I kind of went about, and I looked at Grinder, mm -hmm. which I had seen him on, so I sent him, like, a tap. Mm -hmm. And he tapped me Very back. Very coy, yeah. And I kind of went, and like said, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Like, I was in the US at the time and my profile says, traveling from Norway. Yeah. Um, I'm traveling a lot. You're probably not gonna see me again. Yeah, so act now. Well, or like because now, this, is go this product's going away. This is, it's like a commercial, yeah. <laughs> So, I'm trying to social engineer him yeah. into, like, sending him, uh, into, like, sending me his dick pics. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm, okay, I'm trying to do that. And you're not succeeding. And he's not, like, sending me anything. So, you finally, you decided to so crack it. So, I to bring up it. my laptop, yeah. connect my phone into him, and, you like... Do it. And were they starting good to look at the traffic between because he had a private gallery uh-huh so i'm starting to look at what's called the traffic between my phone and grinder uh-huh so grinder servers mm -hmm. and like 
I'm seeing a lot of traffic going back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I have like seven phones at home. Oh shit! And I bring neither spare. Do you have papers? Sorry? Papes. No, I'm sorry, I don't. Oh, sorry. Have a good night. <laughs> Should have brought some to sell and trade for Coke. Yeah, but exactly. Anyway, yeah. You want some Coke? Yeah, I don't know. I need hmm? to go to bed. Yeah, I would say, no, I would have, I could have traded it for Coke if I had whatever he was asking for. Oh, well, I'm an old yeah. man, I have to go to bed now, but. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but like, I, I was, uh, so I was looking at Grinder and yeah. I was looking at like, the traffic going for uh, back and forth between my phone and grinder. Yeah. And then I tried like since I have about seven other phones. Yeah. Because I kinda of work as a software dev, but not really as a software dev. I work as a security officer mm -hmm. at the company called Unlock. Yeah. So we do a lot of like mobile keys for yeah. people. Like, 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 on this yeah. store, but whatever. Um, but, like, I do a lot of that kind of work. Yeah. So, I... No, I got I, it. I got I, it. I, I kind of yeah. looked at Were the Were they good traffic. dick pics, is the question. That's a good... Yes. Good. That's so what I wanted So, I, I kind of looked at this picture, like, yes. in the gallery. And you got them. Did you and ever, it, did you... it wasn't even dick pics, it was ass pics. Oh, it was ass pics. Yeah, he had like one dick pic and Mostly seven ass, ass pics. So I think that sends its own message. Did you yeah, end exactly. Up... My so... question is, my, I have one very simple question. Mm -hmm. Did you penetration test him? I did not. Ah. But I did sleep with him. Oh, okay, good. That's, so that's plenty. I that's kind of... That's of, a pen, no, to me, that's you penetrated. That's a yeah, that's so enough. So I kind of went home to his apartment, okay, because he was living in like the city we were working, yes. And I kind of went, Hey, how are you doing? And then I went, That's a nice ass of yours. And he yeah, went, So then you start showing him your implants no, and pretend, he, pretending he, you're drunk. No, like he just went, so I wasn't drunk right. at all. Like I wasn't even pretending to be drunk. Yeah. And he kind of went, well, you look fucking cute. Yeah. And one thing led to another. And then he went, I live at this location. Mm -hmm. Like, because my grinder profile and the good news is, he doesn't need to let go down to let you in, because you can just break your way right in. No, like, he let me in. I know, but he didn't have to, is what I'm saying. No. It's very convenient. But then I went to his apartment, and he kind of went like, Hey, do you want to sleep over? And I kind of went, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And then, once yeah. he falls asleep, you took out I your device. I took out this device. Jeez. Went to NFC. Uh-huh. Went to read credential. Uh-huh. And then found his, like... Security thing. Discard. Yeah. Please return to address. And then just went, like... So you had it at that point. Like, hey. Yeah. 
this looks interesting. Yeah. So I kind of just went, okay, perfect. Now I have your credential. Now you're in the entire building. You have all exactly. six floors. Oh. I have a security officer's credential. Right. To the building I'm trying to break into. Perfect. Like, I'm... And I'm you're being paid winning to, you're at winning this that. point. At this point, you are way ahead of the game. Yeah. So, I'm then breaking into this building. Like, I come up to the building at, like, 4 a.m. the day after. Mm -hmm. I go into the building. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's 24-7 security. Mm -hmm. The guy I fucked, mm -hmm. or didn't fuck, but, like, slept with. Slept away. Cuddled. Kinda looked like me. Mmm. So... The plot thickens. Yeah. So, there was 24-7, like, managed security at this building. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of co-workers mm -hmm. who had... So, I'd been in the building the day before, and I deployed something called a Raspberry Pi. A uh, Raspberry Pi? Which is a mm. mini-computer. And mm -hmm. um, so, I plugged that into a network port. And as one does. As one does. Yeah. And then my co-workers, who were in LV at the time, just went, Hey, we have access to this thing. Yeah. We also have access to the fucking access control of the building. Right. And I kind of went, oh, that's perfect. Can you, like, change the picture of this guy's image mm -hmm. to mine? And they went, well, that won't be a fucking issue. Right. Okay. So that took Which care of that. Which meant when I came up with my... So I wrote that to one of my implants. Mm -hmm. Which is fucking amazing, because that means I can just go up with my hand yeah. to the reader. Yeah. The security guy, which was 24-7 behind mm -hmm. the desk, mm -hmm. gets a picture of me mm -hmm. on the screen. And he just goes, hey, John, yeah. how are you doing? Yeah. And I kind of went, well, hey, how are you doing? Like... I was called in by the office because mm -hmm. they are having some sort of unknown security incident yeah. at the server room. And he went, well, I've never heard about this. Yeah. And I went, yeah, you wouldn't have because you're not cleared for this type right, of I like, interaction. Yeah. And he kind of went, well, I'm, I'm like... This senior, like, security guard on duty at the moment. And I went, well, then why did they call me in? Yeah. And he kind of went, oh, do they not think I'm senior enough to handle these things? And I told him, like, I don't even know. Like, I was called an hour ago. Yeah. Status, and status had drama. To, and had to, like, wake up. Get yeah. out of bed, just grab a taxi to this place, which, yeah. I mean, is 
fair enough. Yeah. Like, I'll happily jump in a taxi. John, I'm dying. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm cold, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure to meet yeah, you. Yeah, I'll follow you back home. Or to the hotel. Yeah. Where is staying at, by the way? Like, just down the street. I'm sure you can break in very easily. Likely. Yeah, it doesn't like, seem like a very secure down hotel. down the street and then to the left and then It's a little bit to the right. It's Comfort Hotel Carl Johan. Oh, right. So you're a little bit... Yeah. Yeah, I know where it is. Like, yes. I it's right would, in the it's very I would middle of I would easily be able to break in to say like that. I'm sure. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think I can break in almost just with by concentrating. Like, I'll see if I... Pretty can. shitty hotel. So, I'll find that video. Um, that was shared by my boss. On LinkedIn. So... Oh, what's my boss called? Um, Bob wants you to... Hmm? Your boss wants you to go break into something. Uh, so, I work for Unlock, which delivers mobile keys to everywhere. Um, Chris was his name. So, I kind of work as a developer, but not really. I have the position... Um, I have the responsibilities of a CISO, which is Chief Information Security yeah. Officer. Yeah. Uh, but my technical title is Lock Specialist because I used to work as a locksmith at the time um, when I was employed. So, well, you're. So, if you're... Was it Comfort Hotel? Yeah, yeah, Comfort. Let's cross over here. It's okay. fine. It's this way though still, right? Yeah, it's this way and then to the right and then to the left and then it's a couple of blocks. Uh, but yeah, I was employed as lock specialist. Um, um, just because I kind of sent the message and went, well, I want this lock to work with unlock. Because I worked as a locksmith at that time. Um, I went, I want this, or not lock, but access control system to work with unlock. Because I went, I have implemented a feature in the locksmith I work first portal that kind of allowed for opening that sort of door uh-huh. and I went I don't want to support like yeah. updates and stuff to this so right. I just sent Unlock, which is to complain right there by the Oh, yeah, okay, now it's easy. Now I recognize. Yeah, exactly. So, I kind Oh, of... look, there's an Ikea. <laughs> yeah. 
it's an IKEA showroom. Uh, uh, which I've been working like I've been securing that door for them. Oh, good. Yeah, exactly. So you probably secured everything around in this freaking town. Like I'm like most doors here, I can literally go up to and just open. Yeah. Oh, so we like can go if you want wild. champagne or something, yeah. <laughs> I have champagne back at the office, which is another two blocks that way and mm -hmm. one block to the left. Um. And then you can get even more drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the offer. I'm, I'm just break. Unfortunately, I'm a breaking down because I've been walking around the city all day. Oh, really? Yeah. And I went to the Munch Museum. Oh, you were at the Munch Museum. Yeah. The newer, like the old one. Huh? The Is newer there a two? The old one. Well, the, I don't know. The only one that I'm aware of, the one so like by the, the water. Old one. So. You're gonna crack you into this building now. No, no, I'm not. But like, if you have a look at this intercom system, uh -huh. like it has a star head screwdriver uh -huh. on the bottom. Uh -huh. If I remove that, yeah, the whole panel here comes apart. Yeah. You see the key switch here? Yeah. That's literally just a switch. Yeah. Which means there's two wires coming here. Right. Which, when you turn the key, yeah, is just gonna connect to each other. Right, I got you. So if I take those two wires, just bring them together, yeah, this door goes boom, open, <laughs> which is yeah. freaking amazing, and that's like seventy percent of the slope. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's so and it amazes me so much, but like. How little security yeah, is implemented. Yeah, it's a scary, scary thought. Scary thought. Okay, wait, where am I going? Okay. So this building, which is the parliament, they let me inside it, which is a fucking bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> to begin with. The parliament. They fucking gave me a access card to like be able to get around the building. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing about that access card is the words I told them was, hey, my name is, um, I have a reason. Is it this way? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's comfort. Hotel. There's several Carlo of them. Han. There's like a shit ton of car good yeah, comfort hotels. Yeah, but it's Carlo Han, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's another one and a half streets. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. And then to the right. Like, I'll I'll follow you there, and then I'll continue another street down, and then I'll find the couch at the office because I live quite far away. Well, how where how far away do you live? Uh, somewhere called Oscar, uh -huh. uh, which is like a 20 minute ride. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. It's not bad, but it's 20 minutes by car. Yeah, yeah. And there's no buses or trams or like public transport at this time. Yeah. So like, if I were to go there, 
it would be by taxi, mm-hmm. which is like around 1700 Norwegian. 1700? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's a lot. 170. $170 to get yeah. to, for a 20 minute ride? Yes. Jeez. Yeah, we're trying to pay our taxi drivers a fair wage. Oh my god. <laughs> which is amazing. That's if you're a taxi driver. It's not amazing as a consumer. Like oh my god. No. Like I've been when I've been LV, like I'll get an hour drive for like fifty USD. Yeah. No, no, no. This like, is different. This is insane. <laughs> I'll go on Uber and then be like, "Oh, give me a ride to this fucking desert uh, because some friends of mine are going to shoot the fucking cannon there." Yeah. And I. So Always a good reason to drive into the desert. Exactly. Like, I was invited to this desert on something called the DEFCON shoot, mm. which is part of the conference where I presented my findings yeah. about this terrible access control system. Is this not it? No. It's not That's, you see the sign there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's right here. Yeah. So right. I kind of went, oh, I would love to, like, join you guys for this. And they kind of went, oh, yeah, but that sounds great. Um, where are you from? And I went, well, from Norway, and we don't really have, like, guns and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Like, or I kind of went, well, I don't really have guns and stuff. Thank you for watching me out. Yeah, no uh, Have a nice sleep. You too. It was a pleasure. So, yeah. Yeah. Because all things that go to the office. Okay. And the whole kind of floor to sleep on. Well. Like, that's quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> so. I hope it's. Okay, have a good night. You too. Yes, likewise. He probably has all my credit card information by now. Oh well. When you belong to somebody else But I can't control my feelings After all, I didn't make myself Nights I cried so hard I believe I told the Can't control the
This episode of Filthy Armenian Adventures was recorded on the streets of Oslo, Norway. Opening voice by your host, Alec Mohebian. Supported entirely by patrons on Patreon. Subscribe now at patreon.com slash filthyarmenian to get access to twice as many adventures. And join the enlightened society of rug merchants, cigar singers, and oligarchs of the night who keep the lights on at Filthy Armenian Adventure Land. Your support will take this show to deeper and wilder dimensions. Spread the word to your friends and enemies. Email filthyarmeniantix at gmail.com if you'd like to attend the first live Filthy Armenian Adventure event in Los Angeles, California, September 23. Leave a rating and review wherever you listen. Follow us on social media at Filthy Armenian. So long. Thank you for penetrating and to be continued.